Welcome back to another episode of the Love in a Cottage podcast. I'm your host, Paige Geidel, and I'm so glad that you found us. We are a community of creative Christian women in their 20s, and you are invited to be a part of it. Each week, I invite a guest on the show to chat about all things marriage, motherhood, homemaking, small business, and following Jesus. I hope this show feels like you're hanging out with your friends at your favorite coffee shop and that you leave feeling encouraged, understood, and inspired. Let's dive into today's show. Hi, y'all. Welcome back. Hope your week is going so well. I am so excited about today's episode, and it's a conversation with my friend Patience Axman talking about money. If your heart just started beating or dropped, or if you're thinking about clicking off of the show, please know that you are not alone, because for the longest time, I have struggled with shame around my own financial habits and spending, but this conversation with Patience is one that I have come back to time and time again. We recorded this in December of 2020, and I have found so much encouragement, like I've left feeling so encouraged rather than feeling guilty. On this show, Patience shares about how she and her husband paid off their home in one year. She also gets real and shares about debt, budgeting, and ways to make extra money. I hope this episode encourages you as much as it did for me. Here is my conversation with Patience Axman. We are sitting in my mom's car in your driveway right now. (laughs) Our husbands are playing with the babies, which is so kind of them. I would love to talk, first of all, just tell our audience how we know each other and got connected. I was thinking about that earlier, actually, because I think I got connected with you, what was it, like April? Yeah. Through Instagram. Uh-huh. And I remember, I remember, like, it was, like, right when you started getting into oils that I sent you some stuff right after you, yes. right after you had Flora, uh-huh. I think. And so we started talking about that, like, as you were getting into that just followed along with your beautiful Instagram but it's funny because it's like now we're sitting here and I was thinking about that earlier it's it's crazy yeah it's so funny how I feel like friendships can happen through Instagram which actually okay I know on your business page you have this cute little tagline that says we fell in love on Instagram but I don't think I've actually heard that story so if you can just briefly share like okay gotta backtrack your name your husband's name how long you've been married, if you have any kids, and then also give us that that picture, that story. Yeah, no, totally. I'm going to try to keep this short. So I'm Patience Axman. My husband's name is Nathan. We've been married just over two years, and we have a one-year-old. So we just jumped right in with all the things when we got married. And we met, I was 19, he was 20, and we met at a really briefly at a Christian film festival in San Antonio because his brother does filmmaking and I do filmmaking and we just were kind of we met super briefly we connected on Instagram and from there we did nothing really happened for like a year and then he started like DMing me like a year after that so we started kind of talking through Instagram and then Facebook Messenger and then phone calls and then meeting in person so and it kind of went from there so we fell in love on Instagram is like the short version (laughs) that sounded good in the bio (laughs) but honestly a lot of it was through like reading each other's Instagram posts and like commenting on each other's stories when that came out and so pretty crazy that's so cool I love that okay so today we are talking about all things money we're talking about budget and debt and finances and 
I will be honest where we are right now. We're taking out loans for my parents to get my husband through grad school because California is so expensive yes. and yeah. he is not able to work right now because he's in grad school full time and I love him. He wants to be a present husband and father. So it's so inspiring for me though still to like look at you guys because you guys got married I think literally two weeks before we did. Yes. Which yeah. is so cool. And then you have a son who's three months older than our daughter and so yeah, I think it's it's neat to see people who are thriving financially and in like a very similar life stage and like similar ages because I think I can oftentimes make excuses for my financial habits like, right. oh, well, we're young and we're poor and like that's how it's supposed to be. But I definitely know it causes a lot of stress for us too. So I just can't wait to hear your story. Yeah. So when you guys got married, what was your financial situation like? You were how old, first of all? I was 22, and okay. he was 23 when cool. we got married. Just kidding, I was 21. <laughs> 21. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I was like, I don't think you're... Tw- are you 24? <laughs> yeah, I was 21, and he was 22 when we got married. And what was, like, did you have any debt going into marriage, and what were your jobs like and all that stuff? So he worked... He had just gotten promoted to assistant manager at a local credit union and neither of us had any debt. So when I graduated high school, I knew I wanted to be a photographer and filmmaker. I wasn't sure if that was going to be like part-time while being a stay-at-home mom or if I wanted that to be more of a career or what that looked like. So honestly, like I didn't have any debt. I bought my car with cash, but I kind of had the mentality that it's like, if it's in your bank account, you can spend it. So honestly, I didn't have any debt going into marriage, but like I also didn't have any savings either (laughs) like my computer broke a week after we got married and I had to like use his money to like get it repaired (laughs) so even though I was like making like a decent like part-time income with photography I would just kind of like spend it as I made it which was fine because I lived with my parents you know so different seasons of life and then he also lived with his parents up until we got married so he didn't have a lot of expenses and he worked really since he was like 14 I think he had a lawn care business And then when he went into community college, he did lawn care, he worked at a fast food place, and he did tutoring at the community college while he was going there. Wow. So, and then he went to college, paid his way through college by doing lawn care, tutoring, and then he worked at the credit union that he worked at until recently. So, he was, like, super hardworking, had a lot of savings going into marriage, and so that was, like, something that really set us up for success. I think if I could go back... And I try to tell this to like younger people, but it's hard because like you don't know, you, you don't know. And my parents told me, and I didn't want to hear it either, that I wish I had just saved more money because it would have been easy to do back then. It's a lot harder now. So, so when we when we got married, we were like in a good financial position as far as like we had a good amount of savings. We were living in an apartment because we were just waiting to see like if we wanted to live in Wichita or not. So yeah, that's that's kind of where we were at. Wow, I love that. So what kind of started this conversation? towards like budgeting and becoming debt-free because obviously like you said you didn't have any debt going into marriage but you bought a house right that is so cute I want everyone to see photos of the inside of your house do you have any on your Instagram I do yes I have some on on my Instagram sweet okay at the end we'll tell people what your Instagram is but yeah just like what started that conversation what were you motivated by like dreams or like the future or what kind of shifted your mentality from, like you said, having money in your bank account and spending it to saying, hey, we want to buy a house and we want to pay it off? Yeah. So I think when 
you start to look at life, like when you do have all your own bills and you're growing your family and everything, it's like, oh, we have to think about having savings and having, you know, security, but we didn't want our life to be all about like having this normal average suburban life where we have a lot of security and we have nice things and we're just working, working, working until we retire. Like we wanted the option to make unconventional decisions and we're super into like Dave Ramsey. So, you know, just the idea that like you live below your means and you make unconventional decisions so you can live like an unconventional life. So we actually, we wanted, we really wanted to buy a house with cash. That was like our first thought that we wanted to do. And he had, he had a lot saved, but we started looking. I think we had about 60,000 saved when we got married. And we started looking around and it's the Midwest. So it's like very affordable, but like not that affordable. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So we started looking and we're like, here's one that we could buy with cash, but it would be, it would be all of our money because that's all we had. And it was like not in a good part of town, you know? So we started looking more in like the 80 to 100 range. And we just felt like even though we wanted to buy a house completely debt-free, we realized that we were spending about $7,000 a year living in our apartment and that wasn't going anywhere. And so just doing the math and when we were, we were pregnant and we were like, this doesn't really make sense long-term. And we, we thought about going the route of like living in like a tiny house or a trailer or something like that. But honestly, that's like not cheaper than living in like a house and having a mortgage. So we kind of looked at all of that. And so we were looking around and just trying to have a really, really open mind with what we wanted. Like you said our house is beautiful. It's so sweet. The, you said the inside of our house is beautiful. <laughs> the outside of our house is like still pretty ugly. And actually when we saw it, we, I was like, this house is so ugly. <laughs> and we're working on that. That's probably next summer we're going to make the outside pretty. But my parents all were so good at making like ordinary things look beautiful. And so I knew like we can make any place look feel like a home. We can make any place feel beautiful. If it's safe, you know, it's on the table. And so our house was a foreclosure, meaning like you just put an offer on it. And if you have the highest offer, then you get the house. So we looked at it with our realtor. She recommended like 80 to 85. So it's valued at around 130, but we got it for 85,000. And we put, I think 45 down. So we put like over 50% down. So that's another thing with talking about being debt free. Like a lot of it has to do with like saving your money and being in that position. From there, we did a lot of renovations on the inside because I was like, I don't want to live in an ugly house. (laughs) Especially you working from home and staying at home with your child. Like you're in that environment all the time. It does, it does matter. Yes, it really, really matters. And I didn't have to have like nice stuff, but it had to be organized. It had to be pretty. So we spent, we spent most of our renovation money. I think we spent about like 4,000, 4 or 5,000 redoing our kitchen and like opening it up, just doing like tile and floating shelves and just making it feel like a home. At first we were like, we're just going to move in and do it a little bit as we, you know, a little as we go. But like our, this house was so bad. Like (laughs) there was like urine on the carpet and like stains all over the walls and like it all needed redone. But when we did the math, it was like, this is a a four bedroom, two bath. And so that was about twice as big as we were like thinking. Okay. Wow. That is so incredible that you got this house for 80, you said 85? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That is unreal. And again, like by the inside, a lot of the stuff that like, I know you were telling me that your family helped you like redo it. And yes. I just think that's so cool, especially like this being your first home. It looks beautiful. And 
I feel like you love the atmosphere that you're in. You would never be able to tell that this is an $85,000 house. Yeah. Yeah. And even looking around at the market, like other houses that are in that price range are about half the size. So I really feel like God just directed us to the right, to the right house. So I love that. Okay. Let's talk practicality numbers, like actionable steps. I know you said you're into Dave Ramsey and I've like kind of heard some of his like theories and tactics, but if you can just break it down for us, what budgeting and all this look like? Yes. Yeah. So we, so I had never had a budget before we got married ever. And so we got married in November. We were like, we're just going to spend what we need to get our home set up. And it's so funny, like back then, things that we would just like buy new or spend cash on, we're like, wow, we did not know that, like how good we had it. <laughs> like before we owned a house and had a kid and like all these responsibilities. But we started budgeting in December and I was like so nervous. I was like, this is my first day of budgeting. I hope I don't blow it. But honestly, I really, really love it. We use an app. It's called You Need a Budget, Y-N-A-B. And Dave Ramsey has one too called Every Dollar. I think it's similar. But basically we use our debit cards to pay for everything. So everything goes through the bank and then the app imports those bank transactions and you can categorize everything. So when we get our paycheck, we categorize everything at the beginning of the month, like this much for you know, utilities, this much for groceries, etc. And then when a transaction comes through, we can just like in the app, like say like, okay, this comes out of groceries and we can see how much we have left. So sticking to our budget has been like so huge when it comes to trying to reach these financial goals because the first thing that we do is like the most important things. So if we, back when we were like paying extra toward our mortgage, cause we had a 15 year, I think it was 10 or 15 year loan. So obviously we wanted to like pay extra toward that to pay it off as quick as we could. Our goal was five years, which is crazy because we paid it off in a year. And, and so we took that money out first when we got our paycheck and then whatever we had left, like that's what we could see that we had. So me coming from a mentality of like, if it's in my bank account, I can spend it. That helped me because I wasn't looking at the number in my bank account. I was looking at like the number in that category. Yeah. So some people use like envelopes and they have a million envelopes and they carry them around with cash. And I just know that would never work for me. Yeah, tell me what were some of those categories that were helpful? Yeah, so it's always like a changing process. We still struggle with the budget. Like this month has been, I mean, Christmas, just like so hard (laughs) with the budget. So we definitely, we're both spenders actually. So we both want to blow the budget all the time. But it's, it's helpful to have budget categories that like leave room for that. So we finally were just like, we are going to have a budget category. One example is like, we have a category for like coffee and going to get coffee because that's something that we love to do. That's something that we know we're going to do anyway. So we found that like when we didn't have that category, we would look at how much we actually spent and like took out of like other categories and it was way more than we were wanting to spend. So we're like, okay, if we have this category, we can at least be honest with ourselves that this is how much we're going to try to spend. So we literally like new cars like we're not trying to get a new car right now but we save a little bit every month so like last year when I was in I totaled my husband's car (laughs) and we had to get a new car we like had that money set aside Mm -hmm. and so we had to come up with a little bit of money but it wasn't this huge thing like new phones things that like you don't think that you're gonna have to have right now Christmas is something that we budget for every month so when Christmas comes it's not like this huge like oh my goodness how do we come up with all this money right now so we, yeah, everything we put in the budget. What was the process like of setting up your budget? Because I know I have tried, <laughs> I've tried and failed multiple times. I get really excited about budgeting yeah, and then I struggle to follow through because yes. I feel like I didn't set it up well enough 
the first time. So, like, how long did it take you guys, and I know you said it's always kind of shifting, but Mm -hmm. to set up those categories to do all of those things. Yeah. So the first thing that I think was really helpful is we actually sat down with some friends of ours that budget really well. And we just were honest with them, like, here's our income, here's what we're thinking. And they could tell us things up front, like, that is not enough for groceries. Or, like, you guys are being unrealistic about this or that. Like, utilities was one that we're like, I don't know how much utilities are going to be throughout the year. And so sitting down with somebody and looking over the numbers was really helpful. And then just, like, reviewing every month we sit down and we review what we did well on, what we didn't. Do we need to shift something? I was also going to say something that has helped us is we've always lived off of one income and that's changed what that looks like throughout our marriage so when we first got married I was doing photography part-time he was working at a credit union and my photography did not go into the budget at all because we thought we always want the option to just live off of one income if that's what we decide we want to do for our family and so all of that was going towards savings or going toward extra things like that helped pay for some of our medical bills with the birth And so when you do like go a little over budget or something, we had that wiggle room of, okay, like we can give ourselves grace. We can use my paycheck from this side hustle or that side hustle. I have like a million side hustles, (laughs) but, and now we're, we work together full time, but we have other side businesses that bring in a little money. None of that goes into the budget. So that gives us the flexibility to kind of like have some wiggle room if we need to. I'm so excited right now, and John is going to be even more excited (laughs) when I come off of this podcast. Okay, so what were some of your biggest challenges when you first started this? The biggest challenge for us has always been eating out. Like, Mm. always, always been eating out. Even when we were in, like, hustle mode last, like, spring and summer, trying to, like, really pay off the rest of our mortgage... And we thought we were being so tight. We looked back and we spent so much money on eating out. Because it's like, we don't go to like Chick-fil-A. Like we want to go to like fast casual, like Chipotle or something. And that's always like $25 to $30 just to eat out. And it's always this struggle of like, it feels like you should just be able to eat at home. But like we get really hangry and sometimes we just want good food. And so that's something that like we have always struggled with or we still struggle with. It's just like always a struggle eating out and coffee. Those are the two categories, pretty much the only ones that we like consistently go over budget. And then I think also just being content with like, my friend has this kind of car or they live in this kind of neighborhood or they wear designer clothes or things like that that we don't do. Like I don't get my eyebrows done. I don't get my hair cut except for once a year. I cut my husband's hair. I can look at these other people and be like, they have a similar income to me. How do they get all of this? And it's like, that's not my journey. And I don't have to know, and maybe they do have more money than me, but, like, we have to be content with what we have. That's so good. I think in Christian, like, I would say, I know men can be spenders, obviously, too. But in this, like, Christian women culture, culture with women, you know what Mm -hmm. I'm trying to say. I feel like it's acceptable to, like, joke seriously about, like, shopping addictions and, I know that for me, that was something that like my mom and I did a lot growing up was like, we would go shopping to like bond. And I love that mom. I know you're listening. I have so many great memories and that is still so fun for me. But I think Christian women aren't really talking about contentment with what you have as much as I think we should. And that is another topic for another day. But I just wanted to highlight that because I think that's something obviously with social media it's gotten harder and it's really hard with social media I think one blessing that I didn't really appreciate at the time was when I started making money 
and doing more photography, like, probably when I was, like, 16, 17, my parents, like, kind of stopped paying for things that I didn't need. It was, like, if you are making money, like, you need to have the responsibility to pay for something that you want. Obviously, like, they did so much for me, and especially, like, setting up our home for the first time when I was getting married, like, my mom bought so much stuff. Like, I'm not saying they didn't, like, buy me things, but they taught me, like, you know, if we all go out to eat, unless it's, like, a special occasion, like, you're gonna buy your food, you know, which I think helped me at least a little bit. I'm sure they tried so hard to teach me things I did not learn. (laughs) But that, that, like, eased you into it, and that makes a lot of sense. I had a business, so it's like if I wanted to buy a new camera, then I had to like not go buy a bunch of clothes. Okay, how does your relationship with money differ from Nathan? I know you said that you guys are both spenders Mm -hmm. and like eating out and coffee is, I guess, something that you guys share that maybe you struggle with. But I know, again, just like being transparent, my husband is so frugal, which thank you, Jesus, like I'm so grateful. But I oftentimes like I'm way spendier and I struggle a lot with like, shame like if he's trying to talk to me about the budget and that just makes like those conversations I guess like tense and I would love to know like how that's kind of played out with you guys because those conversations need to be had yes and like I know I need to humble myself and accept responsibility for like overspending but I guess what has that been like for you guys of working together as a team how do you not point at the other person and say hey you overspent this <laughs> right. month. <laughs> right. No, we both definitely have our weaknesses. Nathan really likes home decorating stuff, mm-hmm. like new home project stuff or furniture or, you know, he likes to buy me clothes. I don't have an issue buying clothes. He's the one that's like, I want you to get this outfit or that outfit because so he's fun. like super into like fashion and stuff. But I think one thing that's really helpful for us is we sit down, we have a scheduled time that we're going to sit down and talk about the budget and it's not going to be the same time that we have like had an emotional situation with money Mm. so we're sitting down objectively we'll have like snacks so we're happy (laughs) reoccurring theme we like food (laughs) and we'll be like what do we as a couple visualize for our finances and when you're looking at your we have a spreadsheet so in addition to the app we have just like a spreadsheet that has like the number that we're making every month and then all the categories and if that's like negative at the end when we have how much you want in those categories like we both have to face the reality of that and talk about, okay, how are we going to adjust? Are we going to do less on groceries? Are we going to do less on like eating out or whatever? And so we talk about that together. And then when we do blow the budget, when one of us will blow the budget or one of us wants to spend money on something, we're accountable together to that budget that we talked about. Mm -hmm. And it's like, if we want to change that next month, we can have a conversation about that. But we're able to hold each other accountable more because we know that we sat down and talked about it. So it's not like, oh, I'm going to spend money on this. Well, I just, I don't feel like you should be spending money on that. It's like, okay, well, like what's in the budget? You know, it's like a guideline. It's supposed to help us. So there's times that we can agree to go against what we planned. But if we're not in agreement, then we just need to revisit that the next month that we talk about it. We've almost never had a fight about money. We've had like fights about a lot of things, but (laughs) money, I think, we don't really fight about it. and I think it's because we try to talk about it when we're not upset and mm. not angry. So. That's so key. I think sometimes John and I just try to like hash it out. Yeah. And I think that's so good to like wait till a non-emotional yes. time. <laughs> yeah. And something that, you know, we don't have in our budget and someday, you know, when there's extra money laying around, we want to do this. But like <laughs> a lot of people will have in their budget, like a certain amount for like 
the wife to just spend on what she wants and a certain amount for the husband to just spend on like what he wants. We don't do that, but we do, like I said, we have a lot of side hustles. And so if we want to spend money on something, we can talk about using some of that extra money. But I think it is really important to have like just grace for each other that there's things that you want to spend money on. And maybe if it's like a one person's really a spender, having a category that's just like, here's like $50 and that's, or a hundred dollars or whatever, you know, is in your budget that you can spend on whatever you want to spend. And then you can either save it over the months or spend it every month or, you know, and so then that gives like more flexibility mm-hmm. for that. We have a category that's just like miscellaneous. So when we overspend on something that helps kind of like even it all out at the end of the month. That's so good. I love that. Okay. You mentioned your side hustles. Talk to us a little bit about ways that you have found to make extra money. And I will say you're so entrepreneurial. Yes. I love that. <laughs> so we should preface that Patience is a boss lady, okay? She has all kinds of things going, but these are great ideas that anyone can totally go for. Yeah, so I will say, like, Nathan brought into the marriage, like, a lot of early education about finances. Both of his parents have, like, been debt-free for, like, since he was little. They love Dave Ramsey. They give us, like, Dave Ramsey tips all the time. So he grew up with a lot of that, like, knowledge, And I would say my parents, one thing that I feel like I brought into the marriage is both of my parents have their own businesses and they work from home. So especially my mom, like she's, she could just monetize anything. Like she's got to hold herself back because she is a mom, you know, and doing other things. She could just like literally turn anything into a side hustle. And so I have that brain. Like I have a million side hustle ideas all the time. But once we went full time and I didn't have that like side hustle money with photography because that was in our full time income. I was like, we need to have, I need side hustle money. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So a couple of things that I did, I started doing Young Living, which I know you do as well. And that's Mm -hmm. an awesome way, like a company like that, that you can do from home if you're a mom, can be an awesome way to make an income. And then we also, so something with, that really drew us to our four bedroom, two bath, even though we were looking for like a two bedroom, one bath or a two bedroom, two bath, was the fact that we had, sorry, You just got distracted. (laughs) Was the fact that one of the bedrooms and the bathrooms was right adjacent to the garage. And so we built a wall between that and the rest of our house. And we actually run an Airbnb out of our house. So people can come in through the garage. It's completely separate. It's kind of like a mother-in-law apartment situation. And Nathan runs that. And honestly, we make about a thousand a month off of our Airbnb. We make more with that than we spend on like our home, like our utilities and our taxes and all of that with our home. So that's like a huge, that's our biggest thing right now. And then also sometimes when I have time, I have an Etsy shop and that's another thing. Like if you're creative, if you can make something, I make macrame. And honestly, there's like a million things that I feel like I could sell on there if I had time, but yeah, like making something, I mean, you could even do like food delivery or babysitting or anything. It's like, what, what, do you have? Do you have resources? Do you have time? Do you have talent? How can you utilize that? You know, when we were, when we were in the final months of trying to pay off, I think we had 20,000 left that we were like, we want to pay this off. We feel like we can do it. Once it came under 20,000 and it was like in the teens, we're like, we want to do this so bad. We were like selling things right and left on like Facebook marketplace. We would even like, if we saw something at a garage sale, like that we knew was trendy and could like sell for more, we would just like buy it and like sell it on a Facebook marketplace. And so we do a lot of things, but hopefully that was a couple of ideas. Totally. So. I love that. 
How did it feel to submit that last payment? I know you guys took a celebratory trip and I want you to share a little bit about that. So we really did not think we could pay off our mortgage in 2020. It was a big leap to go full time with our photography business. And one big thing about that was that we needed to have savings so that you know, it's 2020, we're wedding photographers. We couldn't, we literally couldn't shoot weddings for about two months. Like it was illegal. <laughs> and so like the first two months that we went full time. And so wow. we were like, you know, we're just not going to pay off our mortgage as soon, but we're going to try to do it in like five years. But when we kind of saw, okay, we could actually do this. We really started to get serious about it. And Nathan was going to turn 24 in August. And we were like, how cool would it be if we could say oh, we did it when we were 23. And so that was kind of our end goal. And so Honestly, like the feelings of like making those big payments throughout was almost as exciting as like submitting that last payment. Like we, we went down to one car cause we work at home together and one of our cars was like kind of going downhill. So we we're like, we'll sell it now before we have to like spend more on repairs. <laughs> so we sold one of our cars. We like did a bunch of stuff on Facebook marketplace. We sold some things on Facebook marketplace for like other people and took like a cut of that. Cause like we had all this time cause we couldn't shoot weddings. <laughs> and I will say with our business, we still have a regular paycheck. So that's something that's been huge for us with budgeting. We have like a savings account in our business bank account and then we pay ourselves a regular amount. It doesn't matter if we've shot five weddings that month or zero, we get that regular amount every month. And that's really helped us with continuing to just like not overspend and not get stressed out about money because we know that money's still going to be coming in. But yes, so we paid the last 19000 in about six weeks. Um, so we were, we were making like little bits of progress. We had some saved when we bought the house that we were going to put on it. We had about 5000 saved when we bought the house that we were going to put on it after our son was born and we made sure medical bills were taken care of and that kind of thing. I think we had like 4000 left that we could just like put on it right away. And then we went in to make the last payment and honestly it just felt super weird I don't know I don't know what I expected it to feel like but it was just like okay cool we're done with that I'm really exhausted all we had left was like our tiny little emergency fund because we were like we're paying interest on like this money like we would rather have it paid off than like have all this extra money saved that we don't necessarily need right now also a little scary because like we had never been that low on cash like we still had our emergency fund so we knew we were going to be okay but it was like for a while we got to buckle down so it didn't feel like it was the end and it still doesn't feel like it's the end because now we have another financial goal and tell me about it about other financial goals well we we really want to do more airbnbs so that's kind of our next thing that we want to do is like save up for a down payment for like a rental property and turn it into an airbnb like ours has been so lucrative in wichita kansas in like the middle of a weird neighborhood (laughs) that we really want to like use that as part of our like both our retirement plan and then also just continuing to like invest and build equity and wealth and that kind of thing so that'll probably be in a couple of years but who knows because like we thought this was going to take us like five years so yeah okay two more questions came to mind as we were talking so one of those well I guess they're both tied to you being like entrepreneurs you guys have your own business what about medical insurance? Oh, yeah. I feel like that is That's really so tricky. How how did you guys go about, like, choosing a plan? I know it is, like, really expensive. Yeah. Just what did that look like? Because we've talked about after John graduates, like, Christian healthcare sharing. Mm-hmm. So I guess how did you guys kind of decide what insurance to get, especially 
being a young married couple and then starting your family so soon. What was that like for you guys? Yeah, so it's really expensive. (laughs) We did go with the Christian healthcare sharing. We use MediShare. And the bummer thing about insurance is that none of the medical choices that we make, and you can probably relate to this being more like holistic minded with like medical decisions, like things like chiropractor or like counseling, like none of that's covered by insurance. So, or like, or by our insurance at least. And so it feels like you're paying this big premium and then like everything that you pay for medically is not covered, (laughs) but it's important to have. And we use MediShare because they don't have like a limit on if we were to have an emergency, some other sharing plans do have like a limit on how much they'll cover, like 250,000 or something. And so we're like, if we get into like a car accident or we have a kid that has these big issues, like we want to make sure that that's taken care of. And how much is a monthly payment for your family of three? Right now, I think we're on like the middle tier. So our deductible is 5,500, I think. And I think it's 450 a month. And one reason that we chose it is they do cover like home births and some of the more holistic options. Because what happened is when we had our son, we had planned a home birth, paid for that out of pocket, transferred to the hospital and had to pay our entire deductible out of pocket which was just a lot. So with this, it's like we have some of the options to, like if we wanted to do a home birth, we could pay for that. And then if we transferred, insurance would help pay for some of the rest of that. So insurance is just like so expensive and annoying, but you have to have it. So (laughs) yeah. And I think a lot of people, again, don't think about budgeting for that. Okay. My second question. One side thing is if you have your own business, I could be wrong about this. It could be different in different states. I'm not an accountant. But we're able to to deduct that from, like, our business expenses because we pay for it as, like, you know, a benefit to ourselves, our employees. Like, a company would be paying for that. So, at least that helps. That's amazing. Yeah. Thank you for that. Okay. My other question, I know you said that you pay for everything with your debit card. Yes. What was your decision? Like, we have listened to a little bit of Dave Ramsey, and I know that he is not about credit cards. Right. But I also hear people saying, well, you need to build your credit and, like, get a good credit score in order to, like, buy a house or whatever. What was your experience with that? How did you guys make that decision? Yeah, so a debit card is different than a credit card. So a credit card is basically, like, you're taking out a little loan, and then if you pay for it the next month, there's no interest. Mm -hmm. So we did have a credit card when we got married that we would just use to pay for, like, a couple of things in order to build our credit score. Because that's the other thing. If you don't have debt, it's really hard to build credit, which makes it hard to get a loan for, like, a house or something. But now we just found that, like, we didn't use it for anything. And when we were using it, it wouldn't come out of our budget right away. So it was hard to tell what we were spending money on. And honestly, I don't trust myself with a credit card. (laughs) So all we use right now is debit cards, which is basically, like, I mean, you're you're using cash. It's just, like, a direct deposit coming straight out of your bank account, basically. Um, So... It's, it's only going to spend like what's in your bank account. And as soon as you use it, you can see that your bank account changes. So it's essentially the same as using cash. It's just, you're not carrying like physical money around. Totally. So, yeah, all these things are so good. I think for people to hear as they're dating, maybe engaged and like preparing to be married. And I do want to say that we know that there are places far more expensive than Kansas like where we live in Southern California we live in a 600 square feet apartment that has two bedrooms no dishwasher it does have washer and dryer but 
we pay $2,000 a month, which is so much money. Yes. So much. But I do still know that these budgeting tips, when implemented, can be very helpful. Yeah. And I know that, yeah, I'm so excited to talk with John about all these things because I know that, like you said, coffee... My one of my temptations is clothes, like baby clothes or my my own clothes. And I also really value things that are ethically made, which are, of course, more expensive. So that's kind of an area that I need to work on financially. But just wanted to acknowledge that there are definitely areas of the country that are more expensive, but these things can still totally be helpful. Well, and what is that like? What does being smart with your money look like for you? Like we paid off our home loan in a year. But, like, maybe you have a 30-year mortgage, but you're planning on paying it off in 15 years. Or maybe you're able to put a little bit of extra money every month and just make those small steps. Or maybe you're looking at going to college and you can figure out, okay, maybe I could go to a more affordable college or get some scholarships or, you know, find work like a part-time job so I don't have to borrow as much money. You know, it doesn't have to be the same for everybody. Like, Kansas is so cheap. And we've even looked at, like, other places where we might live someday and it's like... Right now, we might have to, like, get another loan to live there, you know? So, it's it's different for everybody. Totally. Okay, last question. What resources do you recommend or advice for young married couples or, again, couples who are um, dating and looking to get married or engaged with their finances? Finances specifically, I am, like, addicted to the Dave Ramsey podcast. Mm-hmm. It's amazing. I don't know if you've ever listened to it. I've listened to a couple episodes. Yeah. I love it. Nathan is not really a podcast guy. I love it. And I'm just going to like harp Dave Ramsey over and over. But like if you Google Dave Ramsey mortgage calculator, if you have a home mortgage, you can put in all the information and then see how much adding just like however much you can add extra per month, you can see what difference that would make. So like you might be able to like save thousands of dollars by adding like $10 extra a month to your payment. So looking at, we would look at that and start to do the calculator and that would get us really excited and help us to be able to set goals. So money specifically, pretty much everything Dave Ramsey. (laughs) That's my recommendation. And then the app you said that you have is called? It's called YNAB. You need a budget. So it's Y-N-A-B. And I, you do have to pay for it. I think it's like $40 a year, but honestly it saves us like so much more than that. So definitely worth it. Super easy to use. And like, I don't know where I'd be without it. It's like my addiction. Like I open it up every day and I'm like, let's categorize all the transactions. That's amazing. That's a a healthy addiction to have. (laughs) We use it for our business and then also for our personal and we have all those separate. And so it's just really easy to use. Wow. That's amazing. Okay. I have a couple fun rapid fire questions just to end the show. What are three things that you've been loving? Shows. My husband and I are binge watching the West Wing right now. And we are they're going to take it off Netflix this month. But I heard about it on a podcast and we we're like, you know, let's just try it. And we're obsessed. So that's definitely one thing I've been loving. I think, yeah, peppermint mochas, especially the ones that my husband makes. He makes it's like very good Christmas lattes. in a cup. So that's like my daily happy thing. And nice. then I'm trying to think. I started kind of messing around with wool felting. Oh my gosh, stop. Wait, I you have to show me because I've been staying up late watching YouTube videos what? of this British woman making little like highland felt cows oh and God. sheep. Yeah, so I made some little I made a little trailer taco truck and like Volkswagen bus for my nieces and nephews for Christmas. Stop. So oh my that's kind of my 
Yeah. You have to show me when we go inside. Yes. <laughs> that is so funny. I love how similar we are. Okay, how can we as a community be praying for you? I am a very driven person. And with having a son now, especially like now that he's one, I feel like we're having to focus a lot more on bonding relationally and not just keeping him alive. And so I have so many things that I want to be doing and so many things like financial goals and side hustles and things that I want to do. But I have to balance that with like just leaning on the Lord for his provision and like his timing and recognizing like not everything. And this is something I think I would also just want to like specify for people listening is like not everything has a number attached to it. Like Mm. my time with my son is never going to be something that like I can attach a financial number to, but that it's the most valuable thing. And so trying to work on that and just learn that and balance everything with like being a working mom and a stay at home mom. And like, it's just craziness every day, but learning. Totally. (laughs) Wow. And where can people find you? Tell us all of the Instagram handles and your podcast name. Yeah. So I have a podcast. It's called Rise and Shine with Patience Axman and just kind of like a lifestyle podcast. It's every other week and you can find that on Spotify or Apple Podcasts or anything. And then Instagram at Patience Axman. Our photography page is The Brightness Project. And then I have a blog as well that I do not update very often, but it has some home photos and baby photos and all that kind of stuff on there. And it's just patienceaction.com. Awesome. Yay. Well, thank you so much for joining us, Patience. Yeah. Let's go look at your wolf felting. (laughs) Thanks for listening to another episode of Love in a Cottage. I'm so grateful you decided to join us today, and I hope you're going forward in your day feeling encouraged, understood, and inspired. If you liked today's episode, I'd love to encourage you to share it with a friend. You can also screenshot this episode and share it on your Instagram stories, which will help more like-minded women find our show. Speaking of Instagram, while you're there, why don't you go ahead and follow us? We share content there throughout the week about the show, and it's a great way to connect with fellow listeners. Our username is at Love in a Cottage Podcast. And if you're looking for more connection, you can also join our Facebook group, which is linked in the show notes as well. There are weekly episode discussions, and it's a great way to find friends and listeners who might be in your area. And finally, if you'd like to support us further, you can simply write a review on iTunes. You guys, what this does is help other like-minded women find the show. Your support means so much to me. Thank you again for listening, and I will see you back here next week for another episode.